If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 109. Suns fan here with the Cinderman. And we have quite the episode for you. It's a good thing that we changed to Thursdays. Yes. Because if we hadn't, it would have been the usual cuckening from Valve to us, specifically, Mr. Cinderin. Um, this is true. I hope you're doing well. I'm back in the U.S., as you can tell. This is not, in fact, a green screen. I am back home and happy to be This is so. not a green screen either. Good to hear. I All painted right. part of my wall green only. Good. With cloth. Good. Uh, okay, let's, let's go over the Patreon shout-outs here. So... Yes. Thank you to our good friends, Hakuna Matata, the guy in the chair, Lucas Frankel, Commander Donut, Cinderin's sharp new haircut. Crowder is now the best inbound passer in the NBA. We will get to that. Does he play am, for your team? He does. I am only able to okay. climax if Suns fan is berating Cinderin. Might quit Dota since I just found out it's not an elite sporting event, according to some old nobodies. <laughs> Suns fan, my girlfriend hates my guts and hates how fat I am, and she hates that I smile when I hear you and Cinderin talking Dota. Thank That's you. That's good. It's good that she's supportive of what you like. That's always a good thing. Chakar, playing against Wyvern on lane is so shitty, his second spell should be called Sphincter Blast. The Megapope. Sweden canceled the TI in New Zealand. Zan Xavier. Nate Thicko 01 Hamscroat supports the Suns and thinks that all Lakers fans should go suck it. Cough, cough, Pop-Tart. Bacon is offended. Cinderin doesn't want to support my work. Maybe he just needs to find adult friends. And living the American dream by stuffing six whole rotisserie chickens up my ass and pretending I'm a six-slotted troll warlord versus Roshan. American dream right there. <laughs> oh my god. Uh also Shark TM Pro Counter Strike 1.6 player. Did you did you join the Patreon channel? Nope, that's not me. Sin sells seashells by the seashore. That actually does sound like a nice day. Novi Panda, Dop, eating Chosnik makes you happy and healthy. Since fan need to cast a TI10. Yes, please. Underscore man. Ben Broom had started following the NBA because of Suns fan, but started going for the Lakers before finding out Suns fan hated them. Lol. That's unfortunate. You can always change. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Done Talk, Anonymous, Purge Purging Provocative Prerogatives That Purposefully Pool My Pernicious Purse. Peter, did you know there's a company that turns dead bodies into an ocean reef? Nibbling. What the hell? Ronnie Keel and Pentadurk, thank you, AUI, loves the podcast and the animator. Shannon, as you can tell, maybe, I think the, the attentive listener can tell, um, my voice sounds a little bit different. 
I'll do a very, very quick next topic. I'll do Cinnarin recommends. Um, I recommend not having pollen allergy. There you go. It's a very good suggestion. Um, don't have that if you can avoid it. As long as it's not Corona. That's okay. It is not. Um, but this is the first morning that I woke up and clearly have symptoms of my allergy. Mostly the last few days it's been coming a bit later in the day. Or when I go outside, but I guess it's got inside now. So that's great. So I apologize in advance if I sound like I have a cold or if I sniff or if I sneeze. It will very likely happen a couple of times during the podcast. I did take my pill already. I took it like 15 minutes ago. Okay. So. Great to hear. Okay, so this is going to be quite the NBA segment, guys. I apologize in advance. Um, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about. So, the Phoenix... <laughs> I don't even know what to fucking say. I came home. We won another game. I almost lost my voice because I was screaming so fucking loud. Um, so, right now, there's four teams left in the NBA playoffs. We are playing the L.A. Clippers, who beat the Utah Jazz, and we're up 2-0 against them already. Uh, and we're they're missing their best player, and we're missing arguably our best player for COVID-related stuff, but it sounds like our player will be coming back for Game 3. And then the other side for the East, it's the Bucks, who beat the Nets. That's the only team I was scared of in the East. And they're actually facing the Atlanta Hawks, who are the huge underdogs, and they somehow won game one against the Bucks. I don't even know what to think. But anyway, I forgot to mention this last week, Sindarin. But mm-hmm. in our last round against the Denver Nuggets, it was game three at the time. And there was a fan, and this was caught on camera, who got into a fight. Okay, A Suns fan at the in Denver getting into a I fight. I knew you were going to fight someone. Getting into a fight with another, like a, a Denver Nuggets fan. Okay. And it shows very mm-hmm. clearly that the Denver Nuggets fan is the piece of shit in this scenario. He's like tried to cheap shot him, like punch him from behind and stuff like that. But the Suns fan ended up beating the shit out of this guy on camera. And it went viral because he ends with saying Suns in four, which ended up being the truth. And some company made an action figure out of this guy, our best player contacted him and gave him free tickets to the game he's like this local celebrity now so i just thought i'd mention that as kind of a hilarious tidbit um but the thing i do want to talk about is this clipper series so we're two games away from winning for going to from going to the nba finals and i really really wanted to show this clip on stream but nba are very hardcore with copyright uh, so I will be posting this in the Twitch chat live and in the YouTube video description. I It's literally like 10 seconds long. I highly recommend you guys watch this. I'm going to paste it now after I give the prep of what it is. So game two, we were up for the most part in the game. And then towards the end, the Clippers started, they took a quick lead, okay? And it got very scary for me. And like the refs were being... Just awful, like literally rigged it, ass oh, shit. As usual, yes. No, no, no. This one's different. Okay, there's a guy named Scott Foster. Usually, mm-hmm. you don't know the names of the referees. With Chris Paul, he is like the record that Chris Paul has with him refing is like oh and whatever. It's like a lot of games. So there's actually a ton of conspiracy theories about this guy like fucking people over. And I got to the last two minutes of the game. 
literally the last two minutes of the game took like 35, 40 minutes because they kept looking at reviews over and over. So anyway, to cut a long story short here, uh, the Clippers had the ball. They were up one, and they had two free throws with their best player on the floor. He misses both free throws. We catch the ball, call timeout, and again, just skipping ahead a bit, we get the ball with .9 seconds, and this is the clip. I'm pasting it in chat now. Sindarin, you can take a look as well. I've already watched it. Okay. Did Was that exciting for you? So basically what happened... Can I spoil happened... it? Yeah, you can spoil it. Go ahead. <laughs> they scored. So Jay Crowder was in the corner, and which is the hardest place to throw a ball in because you're kind of blocked off by the, the basket. And he throws it up, and we've done this play like years in the past. He throws it up at the hoop, and our De- our center, DeAndre Ayton, catches it. It's an alley-oop and just slams it in essentially for the, the win. So fucking hype. And now we're up 2-0. So I just wanted to share I was at the edge segment. of my seat too, but I'm kind of just sitting at the edge of my seat, I guess. I understand. And now that I'm home, I will be going to the next game, if there is one, uh, because... We don't even know if there's a game five. We have to lose the game first. But if there's a game five, I will be there. It will probably cost $1,000 to go. I will be there. I don't give a shit. So, and if we make the finals, my brother and cousin are going to come down and we're going to all go to the, at least one finals game, if we can, which will be very expensive. So. I really hope you win, Shannon. Especially because if you go to the finals, you get to do something with your family. That's really cool. So I hope thank you, Cinder. Thank you so much. I thought there was going to be a joke a, in there somewhere. In all fairness, it was pretty. That was a pretty cool ending. Like, I can understand if I was really invested in this shit, this would be fucking hype. Like, you win with no time left, with one point on a hail mary. I don't know if you can call that a hail mary. I guess a hail mary a would hail mary. be shooting it. Hail mary would be trying a three pointer from the midfield, right? Because you're out of time. <laughs> midfield. But, I mean, yeah. In theory, I get. It. I mean, this was a hail mary pass. You can call it that, right? For sure. But yeah, it, it was legit. That's okay. Crazy. Anyway, uh, let's get started with the actual episode. The update came out before our podcast. The entire, is it called Nemestis? Yeah, I would say Nemestis. The Nemestis event is out, and I'm going to show this on the screen for the people on YouTube so we can go through it together, Cinderin. So. The thing that caught me it, off guard is that it's a battle pass, which yep. on top of the event, and it's 42 bucks to get 100 levels, and we can just go through each respective thing. And it's 750 to it. get one level. Yes. Okay, so have you played the event? I'm guessing not. No. This came out last night. So I have not played it at all. I've not played Dota since this came out. Have you seen it? Uh, I've read through the stuff, yes. Okay. All right. So the event, essentially, just to boil it down, it's a custom map. Uh, this These big meteorites fall from the ground that you're s- supposed to dodge, and then a really big one every three minutes, I believe, ends up dropping into the middle area of the map. And if you channel over it, and your team can do the same. These buffs kind of end up spawning off of it. And if they go on you, you gain like temporary movement speed, damage buff, and spell amp. And they stack so you can get multiple of them. 
um, and then little tiny ones kind of spawn elsewhere as well. But the so objective this is a regular is... Dota mod. What do you mean regular Dota mod? It's in Dota. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's in the it's main page. It's not Silt Breaker. It's played in Dota with right. modifiers. Yes, it's yeah. in okay. Dota with modifiers, and it's a different map, obviously. Um, right. And the objective is to just kill like the base tower, essentially. And then with okay. each tower that you kill, I think the enemy gets stronger. Their towers get stronger, I think, and these creeps, these crazed creeps spawn as well. Um. Yeah, so I played two games of it. I'm not going to lie, not a huge fan. I probably will not play it again. Doesn't have a ton of replay value, in my opinion. You don't really get that much from playing, other than the weekly challenges, which we can talk about when we get through the battle pass. But, meh. This was one of the definitely not great uh, like custom games that they've come out with, personally speaking. But that's so just my in, take. In your experience, your track record with playing their custom games are all the worst ones, in your opinion, the one that used Dota as the base. You know no, what I mean? Because I, I liked Overwatch. Oh, wait. Yeah, Overwatch is like that, right? Not really. It doesn't really use the Dota. Oh, you mean like all. the objectives are basically Dota? Yeah, there's been one or two other custom games that used Dota, right? There was the New Year Beast event where there's like super creeps spawning in the lanes. Yeah, that sucked. And then and then there was one more. Was it the Grieveling? Was that also in Dota map? All the Dire Tides. Or was that a different? Almost, right? Dire Tide is also different, I guess. Kind of. No, I guess that's fair enough. Dire Tide is pretty similar too. So what yeah, are your mutation. favorite ones? Is it Wraith Knight and... Siltbreaker? Or oh, you didn't care much for Siltbreaker, did you? Well, Siltbreaker, I've said, is like maybe the best made one, but I just not into that genre. But yeah, like mm -hmm. Agnum's Labyrinth and then uh, Labyrinth, all the yeah. all the yeah, like the the Wraith Knight type where you have a a wave of whatever that people are supposed to stop. Almost like tower defense, but you're the tower in this instance. It's like uh, what I'm just thinking is you know, People that play this game, whether they play it a lot or little, they already have Dota. So if you're making an event game, shouldn't the goal primarily be to do something different than Dota? Because I feel like it's a tough balance to walk, right? You don't want to make it alien to everyone where they're like, okay, I don't like this game. Why would I play it? I want to play Dota. But at the same time, if it's too much like regular Dota, is it? does it do enough for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's people that like it, but yeah, I agree. I like after I got done playing, I, the only reason I was playing is because like the second game is because I needed something better than the first one just for a video. But and I think you and I, I would, would play a lot just, of Dota, right? I would so. just rather play Dota. Yeah, right. Uh, and if you already play a lot of Dota, then maybe the event game you would appreciate if it's something else. Like my favorites are Wraith Knight was really cool, the tower defense one. Um, what's it called? Uh, Overwatch was cool. Um. What was it called? Under, Under Hollow? Was that it? Sounds Under Hollow was pretty good. And Siltbreaker was the best. So all of those maps are less Dota-like, I would say. Than, and I think my least favorite was the New Year Beast one, and I have yet to try this one, obviously. But at least for us, there seems to be a little bit of a pattern but where you might be in the minority here. Um, but I think it's yeah. cool when they do something really creative and try something very different than Dota within Dota. Yeah, and it's I will say, despite not liking the custom game, I still think 
like the battle pass caught me off guard and i think it's i'm gonna spoil i think it's good there's been some opinions that are not that but i think it's good Mm -hmm. to have because they're gonna have a second battle pass as well this year at some point and yeah we'll talk about the details of that going forward but Mm -hmm. so that's the event so after that, we have obviously the battle pass like we talked about, and we can kind of go through the major rewards. It comes with the cavern crawl, which has three cool sets. Why does Lena have a cowboy hat? Why? Because it's Ursa. Uh, you upgrade her, and she gets like flaming hair. It's pretty nice. I have no problem with the set. Do you? Do you like the hat? Yeah, I do. Do you like it because it stands out, or do you like it because it's a hat? What what the fuck does it, can it be both? All right, let me try this again. <laughs> do, do you like the hat itself, or do you like it because it looks so different from the rest of her outfit? Both. Okay. There's something about. I don't know. Have we had this conversation before about cosmetics where I'm like, eh, I don't Probably. like it so much when they're asymmetrical when there's one shoulder piece. I think we've had that, right? Yes, that's true. I think that same thing is triggering me here, where it's like. Everything else looks so connected, and then there's this hat. Like, why isn't it red and black? Oh, I thought you were talking about the shape not being symmetrical. I see what you're saying. Like, everything else is... I guess. Everything else looks really cool together. Like, I, I just... I know you want to make, like, a piece of focus and make something stand out or whatever, but there's different ways of doing it than just making one piece a totally different color. Like, I have to admit my lion is... A disco raver, right? But that's because <laughs> if I had the option of making them the same color, I would. But they're the coolest looking items, and they have uh, custom spell animations in the game. But I would prefer if it looked like in Unity, right? Yeah, to me, fair. this kind of thing just looks out of place. But I like it. I was curious what you I, thought. No, I can understand your point. I don't... Yeah, just personal taste, I guess. Sure. For example, the PA one next to it looks really cool. Like, that one looks fucking... I think that's the worst that of the cool. three, actually, the PA, by far. Just just in this from this still image, without seeing them in the game, the PA is my favorite. Okay. I think but. the Dark Willow is mine. Uh, I think mm. It looks really cool. Okay, anyway. So, it's there's a new... Cool well. There's a weekly progress thing in the Battle Pass, which is kind of new. Uh, they've had, like, the progress stuff before, but this one, it's... Based on what I can see, you get... You can get like 7,000 available shards or whatever that actually is. I don't know if this is accurate. but And then the next week, either it resets, which is cool, or it's just going to be new challenges on top. And there's 18 weeks of this. So a little twist to what they've done in the past. I'm not wrong here, am I? This is kind of new. Did you say 18 weeks? Yeah. It shows. It says here that if you do every, if you do everything, it says reach eighteen stars for a week, and you'll haul in seven thousand five hundred battle pass points or battle points. If this is a one-time unlock with eighteen stars, you can do that one time in a week for seven point five. If you could do it every week for eighteen weeks, that is da da da, hundred thirty-five levels. Yep, from that's... weekly quests alone. But you have to play twenty Nemesis matches. So good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. So how much do you get for 17? <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, I think this is really cool. It's okay, one of the things we've talked about, it's right? eight weeks and not 18. Eight I'm just weeks. reading what's okay. on here. But yeah, I guess this is wrong. All right. So let me see. That is eight times. So that's 60 levels you can get from that. 
Oh, I see. The reason it's I like this stars. is okay. primarily because it's one of the things I've talked about, right? Where I really think Valve should put more effort into giving people a reason to come back and play regularly. Like, it's what so many other games do. Daily quests, some sort of, like, reason to even just log in. Because once you're logged in, you're like, ah, I'll play a game, you know? And then hmm. there's more activity, and that makes more games. Um... We have a little bit of it with Dota Plus, but I think adding more stuff like this is good. It's going to encourage people to play, and it's going to encourage people to play together, because a lot of these are about winning, or about doing stuff with your team. So, there's a five-stack win one, there's a win matches one, and then there's play Nemesis, where if it, if it isn't particularly interesting, and you have to play a lot of games, you probably want to play it with your friends to grind it out, right? So... I like this. It's good. All right. Uh, assistant features. So this is what I don't get. So stack pull timers, which is already a thing in Dota Plus. Is it not? Or is that a yes. battle pass? It's Dota Plus. Okay. Quick buy item recommendation. This one was creepy, actually. I was Every time I'm like, okay, I want this item next. It showed up in the quick buy. I'm like... Is this a this AI is quite accurate? I'm not gonna lie. It's like literally every item I'm going <laughs> You're for. You're like, predicts. am I actually making my own decisions anymore? <laughs> yeah. Did I get the five G chip when I got vaxxed? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> neutral items in guides. Add an available neutral items category to the Dota Plus guide showing the neutral items in your inventory and team stash that thinks it's best for you to equip. Okay, I didn't know that one. Interesting. That's that's pretty cool. Um, I think I don't think you could disable this stuff because I. Part of me wanted to disable the quick buy recommendations, actually, but huh. I couldn't find a way. So okay, I mean that's not great. I think it should always be opt in stuff like this, but or well, opt out, just opt. Um, okay. The neutral items thing is pretty interesting. I think in some games people are going to be surprised with what the recommendation is, but I don't know what it pulls the recommendation from because if you look at the screenshot that's there with forty six, thirty eight, sixteen. This item combination would be a really great example of where players in lower middle brackets will probably place them wrong in some games. Because, mm. surprisingly enough, Nethershawl is actually really good on carries in a lot of games when they need to get magic resistance, especially illusion-based heroes. It's so like Phantom Lancer, in a lot of games, will want the Nethershawl over the Vambrace. And usually, I would imagine, mid-skill carries will just take the one that gives you agility, right? You're like, I want stats, because I'm a carry. Um... So I'm curious where it pulls the data from, because these numbers will be very different, in my opinion, based on whether it pulls from high bracket or population. Okay, so, so. chat is informing me about something. I think you're going to hate this. So the reason this uh -huh. is added here, the stack pull timer, let me just read it. Keep forgetting to act on those helpful pull and stack timer. Now clicking on a timer will put a directional arrow on your screen with a countdown to remind you when it's time to pull slash stack that camp. So that's what's different about it. What do you think? Oh, so wait. So clicking on a timer, what timer? So I think when you go to pull stack, you know how it has that timer? You alt, I believe. Uh -huh. You click yeah. on the timer, and then it just reminds you. Okay, so now you can click it in advance to set like an alarm clock. Yes. Uh, don't know. Thoughts? Kind of indifferent about it whoa really i don't okay. really think it matters very much 
for me personally. I'm beyond shocked to hear this. I think, honestly, if anything, it's going to distract you that you need to think about clicking the egg timer. It'd probably rather just play the game and then go stack when it's time, right? I, this is pretty cool. I, so here's the thing, Thunderin. Mm-hmm. I understand both perspectives on why people would or would not want stuff like this in the game because it makes it easier. But mm-hmm. is, do you think there is truly an argument for having, like if you select a guide that tells you what to skill, why not just have it auto-level for you? Do you really think that's that much of an advantage? Honestly. Auto level? Yeah. So you immediately level up skills when you level up. Yeah, so it skills it based on what the guide is telling you to skill. And it's like an opt-in feature. I would have no problem with that, but I would never want to use that ever. No, that's fine. It's just I remember having conversations with people in the past and like, Mm -hmm. there's no way that should be in the game. It's ridiculous. That's way too easy mode. But then this is like the same thing, you know? Like, what's the difference? I feel like this is all in the same... General. I think if anything, I would actually be against the auto guide level up because it makes people dumber. A really big part of the game is making decisions and well, thinking. What about the quick buy? And if you item just automatically do something, you're not thinking. Like these two, these last two recommendations, like you talked about in the lower that's skill a difference, games, though. people are going to think that this is what you're supposed to do, and that's going to be their argument, even if it's an incorrect decision in the game. I don't know if I agree with that. This is a recommendation. That's different than just you getting automatically points skilled, right? When it's a recommendation, like the example you see on the screen, right? With 46, 38, 16. Hopefully most people aren't like, oh, Essence Ring highest percent. I take this without thinking ever. And this is just the best. Like, obviously sometimes these numbers will be, sometimes many of these numbers will be different. Like one of them will be 80. And then most of the time that's right. But the fact that it shows you that it might not always be the best is nice. The problem with an, an auto-level-up guide is that you're not even thinking. You're just like, That's I'll great. just play the guide. That's great. Uh, that sounds I, good to me. Less thinking, the better. Oh. All right, oh. next thing. The Spectre Arcana has been released to some... Number... Go ahead. Number? No, you go ahead. There has been some pushback with this Arcana because it is at level, does it say here? What 330. level? 330. And this was brought to my attention because when that was originally brought up, I'm like, what, why would people complain about this? Because it feels like every TI, there's Arcanas that are super high level. But, and again, this is just my chat, so I can't confirm whether this is actually true, but a bunch of people were saying the Arcana that is voted for every year is given as part of well it can be a part of the battle pass but you can also purchase it individually i think this is the first time that the vote winner is not only purchase yes i think every other winner has been the regular arcana price range and not part of the battle pass no no, ever. no. it's been both it's definitely been no both. which one did io win no io got second no, IO okay. didn't even place. I, they just decided to make one. Oh, maybe IO got second. Okay, never mind. Okay, and the year enough. with Rubik and what was the other one? Uh, whatever. Ogre. I'm almost 100% positive that the winner of the vote has always been released as a quote-unquote regular arcana, which is outside of battle passes and costing 35 bucks. 
and the yeah. other ones have been like second places in the vote or something that Valve spontaneously got a cool idea for like the companion cube that you mentioned. Yeah. For IO. Okay. So. All right. So you were saying number what? Is this number one for you? I was going to say number one controversial part of the battle pass. Oh, okay. Is this. Yeah. By so far from what I've seen. Is called the Phantom Advent. Uh, as you can see in the video, it creates a new... I mean, it's new effects for everything. So you get the spectral dagger, uh, the haunt illusions, the I tested it with the shard and the ags. It's the same thing. The dispersion and desolate all have different effects, and it comes with unlockable second cell, which I actually have not read what is needed to enable it. Earn a mega kill streak in a hundred different games. Yikes! These are way too hard. Damn. Um, that's fucking insane. Actually. That is sick. I love that it's hard. I hate that. You're paying that much money for it. But anyway, we've had this discussion before. So obviously, mm. all new model pedestal. It's exclusive. Custom animation effects, all the new icons. Uh, you get a new icon for an effect for blade mail, which is really cool. Uh, and radiance, which is kind of cool. Uh, voice lines, custom death and special item effects, like we talked about, and unlockable second style. So okay. what are your thoughts? This is the play This now. Arcana looks really sick, and it's probably one of the best we've ever had. Yeah. And that doesn't seem to be what people are bothered by, from what I've read. Like, the controversy is not about uh, whether this is good or not, or deserves to be an Arcana. It seems like everybody who's talking about the quality say it's really good, and I agree. Mm. This one is awesome, and they've put in a lot of effort to this, so I'm happy with that. The controversy is around the fact that you talked about earlier that People voted for Spectre to win, and a lot of the people that voted for it voted for it specifically because they like the hero and they would like to buy the Arcana for the hero. But they can't. You can't buy this Arcana. You can only get it by getting level 330 Battle Pass, which usual Arcanas cost about $35. If you want to get level 330 but through purchase, that costs, I believe, about 150 So... You've basically quadrupled the price of the Arcana if that was the only thing you cared about in the Battle Pass. The Battle Pass obviously has a lot of other stuff that's cool, but not necessarily everybody cares about that stuff. And the ones that voted for Spectre, a lot of them feel like it's, it's unfair because this was the hero they wanted to win, and they've maybe put money aside to buy this item that they expected to be like every other year uh, a separate Arcana, and a lot of them can't afford it. So they feel like mm -hmm. they've been kind of misled basically um so i really understand that perspective i personally if i could choose i think it should have also been a separate release um or both and then can't you just um, do both or, or both yeah you could have it be both as well like the problem like if they with came that out from this Valve's tomorrow, perspective would people be mad anymore i guess people that purchased the battle pass that wanted to yeah. level it up. See, that's that's the problem. It's hard to backtrack, right? And from Valve's perspective in terms of profit, they've probably done a lot of data analysis as they always do. And the amount of people that they are expecting will not buy this because it's too high level might be outshined by the amount of people that will buy it because of the all the other cool stuff they get in the battle pass and then they're going to push for the Spectre as one of the attractive rewards. Yeah. Um so like it's a business, Dota's a business. And Valve obviously want to make money. Um, I wish, like, the problem with doing the both solution is that from Valve, if you do that, a lot of the people that really want the Spectre will just buy the Spectre and be like, I don't really need the Battle Pass. I'll buy the Spectre. 
Whereas out of that portion of people, maybe a lot of them are willing to push for the Spectre and acknowledge all the other good stuff because they really want the spec and therefore they spent a lot more money on the game um, yeah so as a business decision i totally understand this but i personally think it's a shame just because it was a community voted thing and i think there's it's been a really good thing the way it's worked in the past where i mean people are already voting for something they need to pay for right yeah. like already that Hilarious. is this kind of all right, can I say something yeah. that is going to mm -hmm. be a hot take that people will dislike me for actively because I have this opinion? Mm -hmm. I do not like this. <laughs> I really hate it. Uh -oh. So here's the thing. We've had this discussion before, and I'm going to preface everything. Well, this is a post-fist, if that's even a word. But right. I, when, Arcana, when the Arcana was voted, I'm like, this is a hero that is almost not capable of having a good Arcana because it's such mm -hmm. a very... Specific, it's a phantom. There's only so much you can do. And then I started thinking about it, like, oh, wait, if they actually give it a mount, then I would really like it. That's kind of cool. Just have, like, this ghostly Abaddon-type mount. I genuinely think without the mount, this is the best that they... Like, I think they did a good job. I'm going to say that. I think they did a good job. I like the effects a lot. I love the blade mail effect as well. I just think it looks like shit. <laughs> I genuinely just really dis... And I also really like that they changed... They finally came out with a new color scheme. I'm so sick and tired of the fucking red and teal bullshit that is with every Arcana. Despite all of that, I still don't like it because it's just a bad hero to have an Arcana Shannon. for. Yes. Shannon, it's pretty much red and teal. What do you mean? It's white and purple. Yeah, but it's it's still like in the blue rain. Wait, hang on, let me just see. It's white and like purple. It... No, no, no. It depends what clip you're watching. So, in some of the clips, it looks kind of like vengeful spirit colors, right? And in others, it's white and purple. Wait, is this the same hero? I guess it really I... depends what angle you look from. Are you sure you're not look looking at, at the red version? Because that one I can no. understand. Yes. This yeah, is that like, one's teal. This no, is like so... purple, pink, and white. These are not colors they've used before, especially with the highlight of being white. Which okay, really so like. that's what you mean. But the but the custom one is still red, so that is red again. Yes, that one's just red. But yeah, the this one is still version. it's still like okay. Where am I going with this? It's still I don't know. <laughs> it's still blue colors and red colors, right? It's not teal to the same extent that it was before, but it's what also not green. What is what? There's only so many colors. Of course, they're all related on some level. RBG, Cinderin. These are not colors they've used, okay? What is this the garbage one, argument? The red Somehow, one is you took used. my hot take and had an even worse hot take with what color? I, this is a factual thing. These are different colors, okay? All right, Shannon, stop for a second. Look at the clips, okay? Would you agree that the Spectre looks really different in the blue clips? or white, or purple clips, whatever you want to call it. Like, just watch them one by one. In some of them, she looks white and purple, and in others, there's way more blue. So, which one is it? I'm going to keep you know watching. I mean? So far, just they've all watching. looked the same to me. Waiting with bated breath. Okay, you have the Radiance online now. I'm not talking about the Manti or Han Delusions before you say that. I know you were going to make that joke, so I'm going to stop you. I'm going to ignore the unlocked red version, because obviously this is red with dark purple. By the way, 
somebody mentioned this. And it's hilarious that the knives above it's literally Jet from Valorant. <laughs> oh, that's true, actually. Uh, so white. I don't know why we're doing this. This is so stupid. No, but like, do you not see a no. difference at all between the clips? No. Genuinely none. You you feel like it looks white and purple in all of them and not have any bluish hue in any of them. If is that what you're saying? By bluish hue, you mean the purple that some colorblind people might think is blue, then it, sure. It looks so different. Are you serious? <laughs> like the last clip before it restarts the reel and the <laughs> zoom-in clips have a lot more blue than the top-down view, which is white-purple. I... When, when you're closer in, there's way more blue. Well, you can't, okay. You can't. Talk. You mean when you're closer in, you can see the bottom portion of the hero, which you can't see from the top down? Okay. It's not blue. It's purple. All right. That's this fine. discussion is L. over. This I'll is... take the L. All right. Anyway, I again. It is definitely not teal. It is definitely I'm, a different kind of blue purple. I'm glad that most people white. like the Arcana. I am not in one of. Again, I don't think it's possible for them to have come out with something that I would have genuinely liked. Other than the uh, effects yo, are great. Someone in chat oh. just pointed out, Shannon, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's the blue gold dress all over again. That's what it is. Except Valve you're the only it. one that thinks Valve this. Valve made it to spark conversation. <laughs> Can you not see it's gold? <laughs> Anywho, right, we're going to move on. That is the Spectre Arcana. All right, let's talk about another one that has a little bit of controversy. Davian, the Dragonhold, Dragon Knight Persona. So basically gets his anime stuff he gets the voice lines from the actor as well uh and i don't know if they just reuse the same voice lines or not but when you turn into the dragon which is also a different model you get the original voice actor which was also in uh the anime uh and then this is some uh, these upgrades so you get him at level 195 i think then at level 200 your sword partially breaks for some reason it just looks worse Level 215, you get a helm, which I actually think looks worse as well because what makes this enjoyable to play is that you just have this guy's head out in the open. And then the pauldrons is whatever at 222. I genuinely think that the upgrades make it worse. Uh, but having said that, and this might be a hot take as well, I love this persona. I think I actually. Of course you do. I upgraded is... to 195 just to get this. I fucking love it great so you don't like okay, it so i don't know yet because i haven't had it in game right but okay. just watching looking at the clips there was a there was a comment i read which i think hits like really resonates with me here is it looks out of place i think that's the that's great it's not that it's great a, to it's hear. not that it's it's not that it's different like i'm i like the dragon form i think the dragon form looks cool but the base model it looks... See, that was the kind of thing you were criticizing um, Dawnbreaker for, right? Yeah, true. Was that you were like, it looks it looks too... This looks... Yeah, that's a good point. To me, this hero does not look like Dota to me. It looks like... No, I agree. Uh, I totally agree. It, it looks like something... It's just a different art style entirely. I actually think Dawnbreaker fits into the universe much better than this hero does until dragon form the dragon form i'm on board with i think that looks that looks dota so but the hero if, looks if there was not an anime i would have felt the exact same way you're right, right. the Dawnbreaker criticism that i gave was literally word for word what you just said out of place except the difference is 
Dawnbreaker was created out of thin fucking air, and this was taken from the mm-hmm. anime. So that's why I'm okay with it. I think it looks awesome. But again, I totally understand it's, it's, the people It's that really well like made it. for what it is, but it doesn't look like a Dota hero to me. Like, that's what I think. But, mm. like, what do you... I'm wondering if they could do something about it where it's still clearly visually the hero from the anime but he looks more dota but like making him like darker or that's what the helm is a little for. bit rougher Cinderella. around the edges or you whatever upgrade him to look less anime <laughs> yeah i mean less rounded your sword becomes broken at 200 that's less rounded the jagged edge yeah. you know i mean i looking at the set items that are there i feel like it doesn't show that in the clip right there's no clips here no. with him with all of the stuff equipped I think if he had all the stuff, I would like him way more. Mm. So and maybe I like when you have everything, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's um, awesome that we totally yeah. disagree so far on the first two major things in this battle pass. Uh, but yeah, mm. again, I from both perspectives, both the Arcana and this one, I get mm. the other side. I just don't fall into that camp. I think I'm maybe right. in the minority on both, which is hilarious. It's a really uh, cool dragon form, though. It really is. I feel like maybe this is the best dragon form in the game. I really like that one. It, yeah, it's a good... I, I mean, I, it only shows that, the red one in the clip, but I want to see the other two. The dragon forms that have been in game so far haven't really been that mm. great, so it wasn't really too hard to beat, honestly. This one's cool. Yeah, this one is good. Okay, moving on. Uh, okay, you got your little baby invoker that now has an old set. This was a very... I don't know. If, I don't think this is an immoral. This was like a very rare... Oh, yeah, this is controversial, too. So let's continue ago. with that. Yeah, so the controversy is that people that have this set for the original Invoker, they feel like they should get this for free because it's the same set, just made for a little baby. That is one part of it as well. All right, what's the other part? The other part is when you unlock this, correct me if I'm wrong, if you unlock this in this battle pass for Kid Invoker, you also get it for regular Invoker, right? Oh, I I didn't know that. Do you? Am I maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken here. But players that already own the that... acolyte of the lost persona will have their items upgraded to exalted quality, including a special gold border to indicate that they had it first. In addition, all f- previous and future owners of the acolyte of the lost arts persona will also receive a new voice pack offering insight into young invoker's personality. Okay, so you only get this for kid love. invoker. Now, so if you did not get dark archery back then then you can't obtain it through this. Okay, then I, f- then I feel the way less... Because the things that I read was, like, people that had Dark Artistry back then, <clears throat> the value has apparently dropped to, like, a third in one hour. It dropped from 120, or whatever it was, to 50 was what I read in, in the span of one hour. It just plummeted. But is that because people misunderstood? Because they were like, we were told our item was exclusive and it's rare, and you had to obtain it back then, and it wouldn't be obtainable in the future... And now people are obtaining it. But if they're only obtaining it for Kid Invoker, then you still have an exclusive for the Adult Invoker. People but I guess saying, what people really text. liked about Dark Artistry was the unique casting animations, right? And they're shared. So you're just playing as Kid Invoker with the same animations. Yeah, so anyway. I think it's whatever. I don't really care. Uh, but I think it looks cool. Um, yeah, do you have it? I mean... Do you- you don't use Baby Invoker, so and you don't play Invoker. Neither do I. I do play Invoker sometimes, but yeah, lie. I don't use the kid one. Anyway, <clears throat> let's say 
All right, so obviously we, we both think dark artistry is really cool. Do you feel like, I think what some people are complaining as well is that this is a little bit lazy. Like, should this have been something else, right? Like, should it have been something new? Because yeah, it's dark artistry, which is cool. And it is new in the sense that it's for Kid Invoker who doesn't have cosmetic. So this is the first time a persona gets cosmetics, right? Yes. So that's new, but it's at the same time, it's not really new. Like you could have given Kid Invoker a different set entirely than Dark Artistry. So what do you think? Uh, I mean, I could, yeah, I don't know. At the same time, it is a really fucking cool set. It's something a lot of people, like maybe a lot of people didn't get Dark Artistry back then and now I they can obtain it by the through the kid invoker, is, which is nice. This so. is the first test on the reaction to Persona cosmetics, because like you said, you haven't been able to do that before. Well, I mean, they have two variations because da Davian can upgrade his shit. That's kind of cosmetics for a Persona now, and this is totally different. If you, where you just get one full set and then one. Go. If you wanted to test the reaction on Persona cosmetics, wouldn't you want to isolate that it's about the Persona's cosmetics rather than share it with another set that already exists? Because now you're you're not really testing Persona cosmetics. You're testing the reaction to giving Personas the no, same no, no. cosmetics I as mean, a non-Persona has. I meant like testing the waters in terms of how to give cosmetics for a Persona. Okay, right. I, understand. I think it's fine. I think it's like in terms of just the like using an old one, I think that's great mm -hmm. because this is the best invoker set, like clearly. I think um, most people would agree with that for sure. I it's think like it on one respect, like you have players that play this like play regular invoker still because this is the set they have and if they use the persona they lose it now you don't have that problem anymore yeah so i think eliminating that is great um but how they did it is you know i don't know what the actual reaction is from like a mass player standpoint but i think between this and the davian one they're just testing out how to you know give cosmetics to personas so but just based on reaction overall okay moving on uh i think that's it right so ranged attack special effects whatever oh sorry the immortals yes have you seen these uh i glanced through some of them i think i don't okay, think I've so... got to... oh, i looked through all of them quickly actually i did yeah so yeah. i I open the ch so if you get level one hundred, you're guaranteed to get all the well guaranteed ones. And right. then I spent to get the Davian. I spent more money to get ninety five more levels. I only got two extra chests on top of that, so that felt kind of bad. Um, right. But the chests start do? ramping do up after through, level two forty. Do you want to go through the immortals real quick? Sure. Okay, Let's so rate them Master... from 1 to 10, with 10 being the absolute best the hero has ever had. The hero has ever had. Yeah, let's just rate it against the hero itself. Okay, and that's new. All right, so Beastmaster, Axes, they're basically Hawks. Okay, mate, you know what? That was terrible. Just do it like we usually do. <laughs> okay, so regular rating system. Rate them right. against the field. We rate them against the field. All right, I would give this a 9 out of 10. I think it's very good. It has an effect the on axes. the ground. Yeah, I, th I think this is really good. Thoughts? Let me see the effect again. Throw your damn axes already. All right, he's not throwing them at all. Okay. Um, 
just walking seven. around with these dead fucking hawks. It's great. Seven out of ten. Shannon, you lo- you love it. It's teal. It's your favorite. <laughs> I mean, whatever. All right, next is the Dark Willow. It's for both ults, the Bedlam and Terrorize. Now, I actually haven't looked at this video because in-game I had these these cubes that look like the error cubes, and I couldn't tell if that was intended. So we're just going to wait here for it to pop up because they're the old cubes they used to use in Half-Life when there was an error. And there are no cubes. <laughs> All right. So it looks totally different than what I was seeing. <laughs> so it's just this bouncing bullshit. And then the terrorize. Oh, the terrorize is cool. Okay. It's teal and purple. Yeah. This is um, true. Yeah, all right, this one is an eight for me. I'll say really I'll say seven out of ten because the the box I made a video on Dota Cinema, so you guys can actually check it out. The the boxes made it better with the bedlam, I have to say. <laughs> uh, okay, next is Elder Titan. This is for I mean the item itself is pretty sexy. He's, is it the Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah, pretty much. So this changes uh, Earth Splitter, as we will see it very shortly. <laughs> I fucking love this as a weapon. Oh, yeah, the weapon itself is, is top tier. Yeah, that's true. We didn't do a rating just for the actual model itself. Uh, I guess I go first. So I think this is an 8 out of 10 for the effect. It's a 10 out of 10 for the model of the actual glove. Yeah. I I, I'm pretty much makes it look that. like way thicker than the original effect, so I like it quite a bit. If the old was better, this would be a ten. I'll give it a nine point five. I okay. fucking love this. It's awesome. All right, Enchantress gets her uh, wispy thingies. Nature's attendance changed. It also works on the shard. I tested that out. So this is the little. I guess it's a shoulder piece, right? Oh, I didn't really notice that green effect underneath her. So do you see, so when you watch this clip right now and you see the model on the left that's just there, that looks really nice. What are those items? The item on the left. Yeah, so the Enchantress model that's next to the video that's playing, right? Obviously the shoulder is the immortal. Yeah. The other pieces that are on display, is that her default set? Yes. It's just probably higher. It looks better quality in the actual yeah, game. It, it looks really nice in this, but it doesn't look as good in game. The okay. green effect is weird. I I tested this out. I didn't see that. Maybe I just missed it. I'm going to say this is I mean, this is pretty basic. It's not bad. I'd say like 6 out of 10. It's whatever. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Marana. This is for Moonlight Shadow. Okay, so this one I think is a... 9.5 out of 10 just for the indicator on the head. But I haven't been able to test this out to see if the enemy can see this, Cinder, because that could be literally pay to lose, right? See what? So let's say you, you catch a glimpse of somebody just quickly on the minimap of the enemy popping, like they're mm-hmm. in Moonlight Shadow, okay? Just say you have vision of them for just a second under a sentry. The indicator right. over the head is the eclipse, and you can visibly see how much longer it has, as opposed to having to click the hero and check in the status icon. So it tells you how much is yeah, left. Yeah, that should not show for the enemy. So that's my question. If it doesn't show for the enemy, then it's obviously not pay to lose. Although she has pay to lose things in her arrow, the sperm arrow, as some call it, right? The really thick one. 
Um, yeah. So it wouldn't be the first time. But I think this is like really, really good. 9.5. The, the, the effect is really cool. The item itself, it's good, but it's nothing. It doesn't make me go, holy shit, you know? So I guess it, all in all for me, this is an 8.5. Mainly because the effect is very, very nice. Yeah, the, the model, I would seven. say, is like a seven. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay, Tidehunter finally gets Ravage, which I've been waiting for. I have art on my wall for the original chest that we came out with that we tried to get into the game with the custom Ravage. So he has this back piece, which like big tentacle thing inside. I forget what these things are called. Maybe chat can let us know. Uh, these things that are in the water. I never remember the name, as we will see Ravage Tentacles? eventually. Squids? Octopus? No, the the device because it the device shows up in the ravage itself oh. with this wave effect. I see. Sea uh, mines, I guess. Is that what they're called? Sea mines. Sure. Okay. What do you think about this? The seaman arrow Mirana and the sea mine tide. That's right. There's a, a lot of semen going on at Valve. Apparently, There's a lot of uh, theme here. Um. I think the item itself, the eye is kind of cool. I guess the item itself is an eight. The Ravage, I, okay. This might shock you. Okay, be ready to be blown away, Shannon. So, I don't think this ultimate is different enough. Wow. From the original. Wow. If you want to make a custom ult, if you compare it to the other heroes that get customized ults, I feel like this doesn't change very much. So if that was what you were going for, I would have probably liked to change it more. Maybe that's... And actually, on top of that, I don't know if I like the rippling gush so much. I guess I underestimated how much that does seem like something, but... Hmm. Yeah, that's the main thing, is that it's the gush. The main thing is the gush. It's not really the mines coming out. The tentacles, correct me if I'm wrong, are they the same? So I looked at them, similar, and they're very similar, almost exactly the same. And then the golden version, which we'll go over, you can see that the the tentacles are colored differently than this one. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, I kind of take it back based on the riptide that's coming out, or I don't know if you would call it that, but the Do you have a problem waves. with that, having the rippling waves when, like, if you have ags on, I mean, I'm not saying people get That was what I was thinking. It looks at, but like, it is you weird. know, the, it's different but yeah i don't know i would have personally liked instead of it making the whole gush thing part of it because he has two other like he has gush that already does that mm -hmm. then i would rather have had the tentacles look very different but still be inherently ravaged right or something like that but that's just personal preference i take it back it actually does change it quite a lot based on the gush waves coming out so but your score i don't know for me seven seven and a half all right, I'm giving this a 5 out of 10. This is the worst one. So the yeah. back piece itself is a 9 out of 10. I think the Ravage effect is pretty bad for a lot of the reasons you talked about. The Gush thing is very lazy. Uh, you see these sea mines. Are, I mean, that's a good addition, I guess. But the tentacles not being different is just unforgivable for me, especially after we... I mean, I'm very biased because of the things that we tried to submit. I think the hmm. tentacles have to be what you change to make this good. And they failed at That's that. That's what I think so, too. I'm sad. So Very sad. What pulls this up for me is the item itself. I think the yeah. effect is a five, and I think the item itself is like an eight and a half. Like it's not so. bad enough that like I, I'm gonna equip this and use it, 
but I'm not going to enjoy mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'll do it out of spite. I'm not going to enjoy it. All right, so the first rare is AA. He gets these two arms. Oh, look, arms. it's Spectre. <laughs> and it changes Chilling Touch. Uh, I think the item, like the actual model of the item itself is kind of, it's like, I like how the fucking thing is in front of the hero, so you can't even see it. Uh, but the model itself is like a, it's a six out of ten. It's whatever, maybe five actually. It's just whatever. And then the effect is very boring. I'd say five out of ten as well. It's just very whatever. I don't like this at all from a gameplay perspective. I feel like it looks too different from the original. Mm. Actually, like. But Ravage isn't different enough. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, so the to me, the big difference is here that with the Ravage, it's pretty clear what's happening, right? This These chilling touch attacks are... They look like something else. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, this Ventral doesn't look like sun? chilling touch. It doesn't necessarily look like it specifically like another spell in the game, but it doesn't look like chilling touch. So you're going to, like, do double takes, like, what's happening, right, in the mm. fight. When this thing comes flying toward you, do you not think some people will pop BKB if this flies out of fog at you? Like, what the fuck, you know? Now, would it be better if it was an ice cream cone he was throwing? Would that make you happier? (laughs) I I don't know. I feel feel like I'm a very special case when it comes to these cosmetics with my opinions. The reason that I I like this even though I gave it a 5 out of 10, is that this is a rare, and I think it's worse than all of the other ones. So I agree. For me, is good news. I think the other ones are better. Because I ain't getting any rares anyway. Okay? Let's look at the Tidehunter Golden. So you can see the the tentacle guy inside is a different color. It's like a darker red. And then his back piece is obviously golden. And then when he ravages, the tentacles are going to be the reddish color. And then the little sea mines are going to be gold. And I think the gush effect is exactly the same. They really take their so time does to show this, these animations. Does this change your opinion on the Ravage where you said they should change the tentacles? Or no, you wanted look, a different model, right? Yeah, I want a different model. Yeah. Like, I was actually thinking, what could they do to make it... I know this is going to sound crazy. You know the that really shitty villain in Spider-Man that has the, the octo, octopus shit? Dr. Octopus? Something like that, where it's like robotic that tentacles. Name? That would be kind of fucking cool on Tidehunter. Like, you give him, like, some cyborg helm. I know I'm going yeah, crazy Dr. here. Octopus. But that's, like, next level. But yeah, yeah even if it's just a... Crazy like, tentacle, you can just make... Like, I think a different model would be fine. I think w- what we did for our uh, custom item was a custom actual tentacle, and it was a different color as well. So... Yeah, it's kind of whatever. And then we can see the Moonlight Shadow real quickly, just the golden version of that. Uh, I think in terms of the effect, it makes it... Uh, like the hover effect is better. Okay, I so I think we've talked about this before with like making items golden and obviously like it's for exclusivity and it looks cool to have gold, blah, blah, blah. But there's like a, a high saturation of it or whatever. I think it's really different from item to item how good the item looks in gold version, right? Like, some of the gold items we have in the game just just don't look as good in that color scheme. I think this looks really nice in gold. This is one of my favorite gold items just for itself on the hero. It yeah. looks nice in gold. I agree. Um, 
This is cool. And the animation is cool in gold. This is really nice. The, honestly, the Murana one really is very good in this chest. All right. And then the last thing is the bonus ultra reward rare. It is a Void Spirit full set, which I think the set is like a 9 out of 10. Very good. And it changes Astral Step, which I would give a 6 out of 10. It's whatever. But I think the set, again, this hero doesn't have any sets at all. So uh, the fact that... That makes it very special. Yeah, but the effect that they use, it's... It just feels like a lot of other effects that we've already had in the game. So it's, you know, it's not like it's bad. It's just whatever. Your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I, I think... So considering this is an ultra rare and comparing it to, like, other ultra rares, this is probably, like... A, seven and a half or an eight right and the majority of that comes from the set itself the set itself looks really nice actually um so yeah i'm pretty much with you on that i think your nine and six is very accurate okay to be honest uh apparently there will be new creeps coming out which i hope that they don't look like this because they're literally exactly the same <laughs> except have glowing you didn't particles. show the cosmically rare i don't know if that was on purpose but well the cosmically oh shit Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the Sunken Album emblem thing, right? Sunken Album. El Sunken Album. You walk around and you make plants and you have three crystals revolving yeah, around you. I haven't seen this one. That's pretty Actually, cool. do they, are they not? They are moving. They are moving slowly. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, I don't know. We've, I don't know if I've really rated the emblems before. Uh, we have not. I have no tier list for these. Like, which one's better than which? Is, but looks good to doesn't me. matter we're not getting it anyway next true uh yeah the creeps like i said they just have brighter like shit coming out of them that's it i was hoping for new models mm. so that's not too exciting for me um okay. we have wards custom courier is the owl with the cat cuddly music pack like that. which that's a good uh, courier I haven't really listened to this on full blast, but based on just using it, I didn't hate it, so that means it's good. There's only a couple that I like, so... Veteran Game and Trailer Composer Michel... I'm just going to look this guy up and see what he's made. Sure. Uh, came with a lot of loading screens and taunts. Actually, there's some really good taunts. The IO one is top tier. And that's it. So, yeah, it's like a mini TI Battle Pass. I don't know what percentage of a battle pass for TI you would guys consider this to be. Maybe maybe like 30%, 40%. Either way, it's a significant amount, and I was not expecting it, so it's a pleasant surprise for me. So overall, even though I don't like the game mode, I think this is a good battle pass. Oh, yeah, Oracle Taunt. Hey. I forgot about that. Thank <laughs> you. Oracle Taunt is literally him dunking a basketball, Cinderin. Legit. <laughs> Yeah, you like that one. You're it is a good it. one. You're gonna use it. Um, okay, so final. Let's just do a, like a, a final conclusion on this. So obviously, this costs less per level than the TI Battle Pass, and it looks like what they've basically shaved off, more or less, is the twenty five percent that would usually go to TI Prize Pool. Mm. So um, it's obviously cheaper, but doesn't contribute to the prize pool. From a value perspective, comparing this to a TI battle pass, how much do you feel like you get bang for your buck? Let's say level 330 in this is level 250 in a TI battle pass. Let's say it like that, because these levels are cheaper. 
do you feel like this battle pass where do where does it stand in value compared to level uh, 250 yeah maybe TI if you pass? put it that way maybe it's worse value i don't know you'd have to do the i think that's a literal math thing right because i don't even remember i just remember it's, last it's battle pass everything was super high level i was like 150 and i got almost nothing out of that battle pass and i remember because there was a bunch of stuff that i just didn't want like windrunner was it Quop? Even the Wraith King I didn't want, surprisingly. A lot of the really cool shit came at 400 plus, right? Yeah, which was a lot of and money. And here the coolest thing is at 330. Well, that's subjective. But the most expensive thing, exclusive, is at 330, which would have been at 250 in the old one. Well, Davian, depending on your perspective, is one of those things, right? That's level one. Right, that's why I'm, but I'm saying the highest one, right? The highest exclusive is at 330. Right. Everything beyond that is recurring stuff, I think. Now, there might be like some unique, like smaller things like emotes or voice lines or whatever. I haven't checked it line by line, but out of like the sales points here, that is the, the final so, one is three. Yeah, let's, let's segue into the last topic, which is the fact. And again, we're going to see the Reddit has been a bit. All right, let's not set expectations here. Let's just talk about it objectively and then give our mm -hmm. opinions. The fact that it does not fund anything, does that bother you? Mm -hmm. Because for uh, me, it does not bother me. Because, sure, if you've only played Dota and you've never used another, like, is there another? Like, most games don't fund anything with their battle pass. It's just the battle pass, and that's what this feels like. Right. So I am not bothered by that at all. But again, might be in the minority. I think, I think it will be a shame if come next year, next season. We have nothing funding the majors. I really feel like that would be a shame because we have talked about this on 15 episodes by now, but right. TI is too big compared to the rest of the scene. If every other tournament was enormous, it would be amazing, but currently you have 80% of the prize pool of the entire year in one tournament, which obviously is amazing for the magnitude of that tournament and for how hype it is, but we very much agree that the... How to say... The loss by making ti's prize pool smaller relative to the gain for the like ecosystem of the game with making the rest of the year more valuable relatively is definitely worth switching around for so what i was hoping was if we get a battle pass that uh, either the next battle pass for next year instead of just funding ti it funds the year or that one of the other battle passes we get specifically funds the next season of majors uh and the tier two scene mm. um that is not the case for this one. There's another battle pass coming later this year, so maybe, maybe that one will fund some of the scene instead. Um, so, but like realistically, I, maybe Valve just only want to fund TI. But I personally just I don't agree with that model to make a healthy esports scene. I just don't think it's good yeah, compared again, to. Yeah, I'm not gonna go too much further because we've talked about it a million times at this point. I agree. I don't think it's ever gonna happen. But the idea of having a battle pass that doesn't fund something, I'm fine with. Yeah, me too. That's whatever. Like that itself is not a problem. That itself is definitely not a problem. But if you do want to fund something, then don't put everything into one tournament that just dwarfs everything else that hard. Then that is correct. Do the funding, spread it more. Yep. Okay. All right. So next thing on the list, TI news. I guess it was uh, yep. a couple days before this. Uh, let me just read this blog post. An important update on TI10, the International Dota 2 Championship in Sweden. 
We started working with Sweden back in 2019 to get everything in place to hold TI-10 there in 2020. When the global pandemic necessitated a postponement, we doubled our efforts to work in tandem with officials there to make sure we provided them with everything they needed to make this a safe and successful event for everyone. Over the course of the past year, Stockholm Live and Visit Stockholm continue to reassure us in our regular and constant communications with them that TI Dota 2 Championship qualified for the same exemptions other elite sporting events there received. However, despite previous reassurances, we were informed two weeks ago that the Swedish Sports Federation had just voted not to accept esports into the Sports Federation. In subsequent and immediate meetings with the Swedish Esports Federation and Visit Stockholm, we discovered our only remaining option was to ask Sweden's Minister of Interior to reclassify TI as an elite sporting event. Our request was immediately denied. With the Minister of the Interior failing to recognize the TI as an elite sporting event, anyone attempting to procure a visa for travel into Sweden for TI-10 would be denied. The absence of this official recognition also means individual border agents would be making decisions about entry for those traveling to the event from countries outside the EU who do not typically need a visa to enter Sweden. We filed an appeal directly with the Swedish government on June 9th, but they were unable to provide assistance. On the 14th, we followed up asking them to reconsider, and they have so far been unable to offer a resolution. As a result, and in light of current political situation in Sweden, we have started looking for possible alternatives elsewhere in Europe to host the event this year in case the Swedish government is unable to accommodate TI as planned. We feel confident that in either instance, we will have a solution that allows us to hold TI-10 in Europe this year, and they'll be able to announce an updated plan in the very near future. We remain committed to hosting TI this year in a way that is both safe for all involved and properly celebrates the players and fans of Dota 2. We will be communicating what we find out as soon as we are able. In the meantime, TI Qualifier is coming up and the event, which we've already talked about. So your reaction to this. Right. So there's a couple of things going on here. The first one is, it's honestly really surprising to me that Sweden doesn't do this. Because in terms of like esports and just the progress of that as a competitive discipline, Sweden has really been at like the forefront in Europe. They were... They were one of the first countries to really make like a big effort with like internet infrastructure, just celebrating games. Dreamhack is there, which was like the biggest LAN and still is in terms of number of people attending the LAN itself in the world, I think, um, which they've had for countless years. Um, tons of esports teams originate out of Sweden. Um, so, like, with how the country itself has like generally handled esports and how much attention it gets in like press and all of this this seems like honestly the good old politicians that are out of touch thing like the overall average population in sweden and their interest in esports is a lot higher than in a lot of other countries in europe so i thought i did not think this was going to be a problem i'm honestly really surprised because if if sweden doesn't want to do this then they would have been on my like short list of countries that would definitely allow something like this right yeah so they didn't which is surprising and a fucking shame uh, i was very excited for it to be in sweden um that's the first thing then the second thing is now people are obviously speculating in alternative venues uh i hope like valve says that they can keep it in europe because it's kind of the the last ti we had in europe was ti1 um so but just for my own like personal preference i would like it to be in europe um, back to seattle let's go 
And then the final thing here is they say they are hoping to host it this year. Like the biggest thing for me now is when is this event actually going to be? Because if they don't have it in Sweden and they need to find a separate venue, the chance that all of this can fall into place within a month and a half, I don't know how good that chance is. They obviously thought they had things in place with Sweden that they then didn't, and that means they need to start from ground zero with other countries. They need to communicate with the right people. That takes time. Things need to be accepted. That takes time. And then you can start doing logistics, which takes time. And then you need the teams and everything coordinated. Like, realistically speaking, I think if this doesn't suddenly get fixed in Sweden, I don't think TI is happening in August. That's yeah. going to be my guess here. I and agree. Hopefully we get it. I mean, that can technically be a good thing from, co from a COVID perspective because we could have way more people vaccinated. So that could be a good thing. Um, but at the same time, you also run the risk that if things get delayed and delayed and delayed, it might end up like overlapping with something else we were supposed to have, like, you know, the next season. So it's, it's tricky. I really hope we get it in September. I think if we don't get it in August, if we get it in September, everything's going to be fine. If it ends up being in November, I don't know how the next year is going to look. Um, so, yep, it's tricky. I agree for the most part. Uh, based on what they wrote, it sounds like it's going to be in Europe. So I, I would guess the next place that they would choose would probably be Germany. That's like the most common. That would be my number one guess as well. Location. Uh, I would love to come to Denmark though, Cinder. I don't know if you guys have a venue that they could use. We do. Oh, Denmark's that's... COVID situation and venue options might be a, actually be a thing, uh, but I, I don't know. So the thing about it is Dota is pretty small in Denmark. So, yeah, we have some amazing international players. Well, you might not players, have crowds but... anyway, regardless of where you go, right? Sure, that's true. Like, if you literally just want a good arena, then we could definitely offer that. Um, and I think Denmark's COVID regulations would be good, but I honestly don't know if our politicians would do this either. That's the thing. I think Sweden is further with esports than Denmark is. Not maybe not by a lot, but still further. So it doesn't exactly make me hopeful that Denmark will classify it as an official elite sporting event if that is required. Like maybe our laws are different and it would be fine even without that classification. Yeah. Um but yeah, who knows? I don't know enough about the politics behind it. Okay. So I'm gonna read something. I need mm -hmm. to preface it though. I got a message on Reddit from somebody. Don't know who the fuck it is. Doesn't really matter. I thought this would be an interesting perspective to look at. This could be complete fake news. This could be real. Mm -hmm. Could be somewhere in between. Okay. I have no idea. That is the preface. Okay. This could be complete bullshit. I'm just going to read this. I'm not going to say their name because I, I don't know this person. But mm -hmm. hi, Suns fan. I've been listening listening to your podcast from the beginning and in anticipation of your coverage of Valve's withdrawal from hosting TI in Sweden. In your next podcast, I wanted to add my take of Valve's statement. The Valve statement and the consensus in the Dota community is that Sweden is at fault for the short-term change. I have invested some time researching Swedish regulation regarding international travel and Valve's approach in securing TI in Sweden. The only body in Sweden with the power to assure an international sporting event is going to happen is the Swedish government, and Valve did not talk to it at all. Valve purposely states that they spoke to officials without naming any. If talks happened at all, then it certainly was not held with the proper authorities. In a typical Valve manner, they outsourced the work for securing TI to visit Stockholm and Stockholm Live and received assurances from these two companies and nobody else that was apparently enough for Valve to call it a day. Thus, they failed to recognize that esports is indeed recognized as sports in Sweden, but not 
crucially, not as El Tidrot, Elite Idrot, which is elite which is athletic elite sport. sports. Consequence of this is that people from certain countries will not be able to travel to Sweden unless they are sport, and Valve knew this and apparently just assumed all the exemptions would also apply to them. In a last-ditch attempted earlier this month, they tried to get the elite sports status by applying Swedish Esports Federation as a member of the Swedish Sports Confederation. Being a Valve... Bleh, being a member of the SSC is one of the many conditions for being recognized as elite sports. The application failed, so they finally contact the government after the fact, and the Minister of Interior declined to waive the law. Considering the tone of the subsequent email from Valve to the Ministry of Justice, I'm not surprised seeing them get declined this fast. To summarize, Valve did not secure anything since they talked to nobody and is now surprised that the EU laws also fully applies to them. Uh, okay. So that is, again, an anonymous, let's just call it anonymous, message on Reddit. Right. It's interesting. So, I don't know. Right. It's a different perspective. I have no idea which parts of this are true, right? Because we don't know. Like, Valve can obviously write the statement in whatever way they want. When they say they talk to officials, that could be any officials. We don't know if this is exactly true. I mean, it, the way it's presented in this message, it definitely sounds like somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, but, like... Is there a chance that Valve did something wrong here or overlooked something? Absolutely. At the same time, though, like if you're from Valve's perspective, let's say you want to host an event in a country that you don't know that very much about and you go to some of the agencies there, like why would Visit Stockholm and Stockholm Live not be aware of these limitations, right? Like if like let's let's call it outsourcing or whatever you want. I mean, I don't know uh, who the, those companies are, honestly. Right. So Me I'll neither. But like I'm just saying, if you're talking to some of the bigger event I'm assuming there are some of the bigger event hosting, holy shit, I just shook my entire table, uh, event hosting um, companies in Sweden, right? You would imagine that they would know about the local law, and then if they are giving you the reassurance that things are going to be fine, I don't know, like, think about it from your perspective. Let's say you wanted to host an event in Denmark, Shannon, right? And you go to some Danish companies that host events, and they tell you you're fine. Would you be like... I'm second guessing you guys. I'm going to do all the detective work myself to make sure you're right. Then why did you ask them in the first place? Then you should have organized it yourself top down, right? You're talking so, about if I, I was not, doing an event. Yeah, I guess. Because I, I don't I'm, have I'm just, a lot of I'm resources. Not sure I follow, I'm not sure I follow the logic here that Valve is very much at fault. Like if assuming this is all true... Can you, like, are you not supposed to be able to trust these event organizing companies that you're working with that they know the local law that you don't? Because mm. if not, what are you paying them for? Right? Like, then you needed to do all of the legwork yourself anyway. You needed to read up on all of the law. You needed to contact the exact, like, I don't know, like, whether, whether or not this is true. It just, it just so sounds weird to me that there's none of these, a level even, of. There's a level of unknown here, and there's a level of just not being educated on anything in regards to politics. Because right. people are reminding us that the mayor of Stockholm uh, made a video promoting TI yeah. originally, right? Right. I don't know what the separation between... that was before between, COVID. Well, either way. The, the mm -hmm. separation between that and what's going on here, I, I don't understand. So I, I don't right. even have an opinion on this, honestly, because I don't fucking know. That's I just true. thought it would be interesting. When it was announced... Out. So if you guys missed that, when it was announced last TI, that TI would be in Stockholm, there's a video of the mayor of Stockholm saying, we welcome the event. Like when you see something like that, you're like, okay, 
Valve are working with the correct authorities on this. If the mayor of Stockholm is involved, then mm. things are going to come together just fine. So, again, if this is higher up than just... It, it sounds like it, right? This isn't something that's just local to Stockholm. This is a countrywide law about travel regulations during COVID, which is obviously a totally different situation. But, again, you would imagine that the people that Valve are communicating in, within Sweden would throw them a bone, you know? Like... If they're on the wrong track or if they're missing something that any of these institutions that they're talking to would be like, oh, by the way, you know, like, why does nobody know this in that case? That's I, I don't know. It seems a bit far fetched to me, to be honest. I think I'm going to close it out with this. The solution to all of this is, in fact, to have TI in New Zealand. I think our patron members are correct. TI should be imagine. in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, it is honestly pretty close to Europe, so why not? It's, I mean, they used to be Europeans, it's, right? That's it's the great migration. Europe. It's fine. So good enough. It's New Zealand is honestly the Europe of New Zealand, so it's fine. <laughs> All right, perfect. Okay, let's since we're a bit over, let's do this one last topic and then call it a day, Sindarin. We can save the rest for next podcast since we probably won't have Absolutely. that much news. So ESL One Summer 2021 has finished. I was there. So I traveled to Ukraine, obviously, for the Animager with you. And then yep. while I was at the event, got invited to ESL One Summer. And yeah, went with a few other people like Mr. Jenkins, AUI2000. I'm not going to name everybody because I will probably forget somebody. Lacoste, uh, Tsunami, T-Governor. I think that's everybody. Uh, yep. So in Stockholm. And the games were pretty epic. I was a bit nervous because I was I didn't I don't know what my reaction would have been if <laughs> if they had told me this beforehand if I would have gone but I was the only play-by-play that was not remote. So I was the only play-by-play in person. Oh yeah, that's true. Which means I was chosen to do grand finals, which I was pretty nervous about because I've said on record I don't think I should be doing grand finals casts. <laughs> But we did, and they were okay, I guess. Uh, actually went all five games. So in terms of the teams, it was basically the typical EU teams that you see, along with some CIS, and then a little sprinkle of Quincy Crew and T1. Those are the two big additions from the Animager that just stayed in the general area so that they could play in the tournament. Um, did you get to watch any of this tournament? Uh, I didn't watch very much, I have to admit. Um, but... I, what I will say, though, is that honestly, looking across the field, there's a lot of things in this that are not surprising, right? It's pretty interesting to see this. So first of all, obviously, uh, really cool to see an SEA team win again in T1. Um, but we have, again, these like online juggernauts in Virtus Pro and Alliance getting good results because this was not played on LAN. The teams were at home, correct? Mm -hmm. All of them yep. were in their well, boot camps or playing from home, whatever they wanted to. Yeah. It was not like the land stage setting with everything. Like some of the teams maybe, I think T1, for example, obviously not playing from home because they're an SEA team, but they were playing from some sort of boot camp that they were borrowing or whatever it was. I don't know what it is. But, um, but yeah, like as far as the results go, I think it's really interesting, again, to see VPN Alliance do well online and they still have to get that like land performance in. Um, but yeah, like... Can't really, I'm assuming, like, just based on what I'm seeing, not really too surprising with, like, the meta and everything. The heroes are similar to what they were at the major. Um, 
for the most part. Like teams are experimenting with a little bit of stuff here and there. Some teams pick Chen, they lose. Um, that was secret. Um, they yeah. picked it, I think, in one game. And only. secret, um, yeah, they got they tied yeah. for last along with Liquid and Team Unique and Tundra. Seventh to eighth was Gambit and then Nigma. Fifth to sixth was Viking and then Quincy Crew. And then for top four, number four was OG, who lost to Alliance in the lower bracket semifinals. So Alliance ends up getting third because they lost to T1. And then T1, after losing to VP in a best of three, ends up playing them, and it went all five games. T1 ends up winning the tournament, so VP gets second place. But overall, I think both teams were extremely impressive. We talked about and T1 VP. and VP were very evenly matched. Yes. Uh, VP, they... You could say they threw one of the games because they kind of memed and picked the position one Abaddon, which I was really happy to see. Didn't work out for them. But VP just online are just beastly. And I think it's just a matter of time before the it catches up to them, right, in terms of mm-hmm. transitioning that to land play. Uh, but T1, Honestly, very Atlanta, impressive. They had a pretty rough bracket at the LAN as well, right? Like in the major. VP's draws that they ended up playing, they could have probably placed higher with a different bracket, right? They, they got some really rough matchups in there. Yeah, but based on how... That's, okay, and so that's I'm going to make a bit of a bold statement here. I think the top four teams, in no particular order, the top four teams in the entire world are LGD, EG, T1, and VP. Right. And VP, I could see if that. they only played online, would be in that top four. If they can transition mm-hmm. that to land play, they are in that category. I think everybody else is a step below at the very least. Right. I think um, that's fair right now. But yeah, uh, so that tournament's over. That was for $400,000. Uh, had a lot of fun casting it. I'm going to make one semi-story. It's not a... I don't know if this is a story. I, I'm trying to see how to phrase this, Cinderin. So there were some issues at the event from mm-hmm. a casting perspective. I don't know if it came off on camera at all. It was so fucking hot. I have never had conditions <laughs> like this in my life. So... So, something about Europe, okay? Sweden, in particular, they don't believe in air conditioning for whatever fucking reason. I don't understand. The hotel did not have air conditioning. The, the, so ESL apparently are building like a new studio that's going to be available in like a couple months, which has full AC and all that stuff. But we were basically in like this warehouse, okay? You walk in, just like a basic warehouse. You have a little green room. And then in the back, you can see the full set. It looks really nice. Uh, production, great. Everybody was great to work with. But it was hotter than the balls. Like, literally, every best of three I would cast, I would get up from my seat, and the bottom half of me is just drenched in sweat. Just fucking drenched. It was miserable. It made it so hard to focus. Like, again, I know team fighting, like, my casting during team fights is probably my weakest point in casting. It made that so much harder to scream. There was one game. Okay, in the third day, I remember casting like a game two or something. And I was literally dizzy after the game because I was so fucking hot. And then I finally complained enough that they put like this little portable AC. Like it wasn't really AC. It's just blew air at me. It made it a little bit more bearable. But my fucking God, what is up with people not having AC? Imagine the live stream fails clip though when you introduce the game and you just pass out on camera though. That would have been 
that's clicks right yeah. there. And people, fucking people always like. I kept complaining about the heat. Again, everybody was complaining about the heat. Apparently, it was the hottest week since 1940 something in Sweden, and they don't have AC. Uh, there and, was one day, was it June 19th or something? That was the hottest day in Denmark ever this summer on average temperature global warming summer. is catching up to us all no 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 it's a coincidence don't worry that's you know <laughs> but you have enough days it's gonna happen am i right Chat. people always joke that i should be used to it because i live in arizona but here's the difference number one every single place you go in arizona has ac every single one it's i don't know right. if i've ever been anywhere that doesn't have ac just in america in general honestly maybe the east coast is a little bit different but in the oh, west shit. it's all ac number two Humidity. We don't have humidity really in Arizona. Why so, does it look so dark in there? You're fine. Yeah, it does look a little dark, but you're fine. So if I'm like <laughs> in the shade and it's a hundred degrees outside and I'm in the shade, I'm not really gonna sweat too much. It's not that bad because there's no humidity. But with fucking okay. humidity, you're just drenched all the time. It's miserable. Shannon, there's a really good take in the chat though. I have to say this. What's that? Marino Z says global warming is because of Americans' massive AC use. <laughs> Think about this for a second. So you have these like really hot areas and you're blowing the air to us. So instead of <laughs> containing the heat in the US, yeah. you're spreading it globally. Makes sense. So if you would stop all your air conditioning, then maybe we wouldn't get so hot in Denmark now, actually. Thank you. Yeah, Americans make That's everything really, great. Yeah, I mean I'm actually not surprised. That's gotta be it. That's it. So now that That's global warming is kicked in or kicking in, do you think uh, think you guys might be getting AC more regularly in that fucking continent? Like Jesus Christ. Uh, I think so. I don't know what like more like modern modern housing and stuff what they do. Like over time, if it keeps getting hotter, it's going to become a necessity, right? But the reason ACs aren't very popular in Scandinavia, for example, is that it's not hot enough. 90% of the year to bother. So is it really worth installing AC units in houses for those like two or three very hot summer weeks that you have once every three years? Usually yeah. you can get away with it by having a floor fan or opening the so window. So you're saying that I just got very unlucky that I was visiting at this yes, time. Yes, probably. And I mean, it's also a special case when you're in a production setup, there's obviously a lot of shit running that makes the rooms hotter, right? Like you have production gear, computers, yeah. all this stuff that generate extra heat. But in just... I would say in like workplaces, AC makes a lot more sense where there's a lot of extra stuff. But in like private homes, for the most part, I really believe it's unnecessary to have air conditioning in Europe for the most part, at least Northern Europe. Um, but yeah, if you're working in a warehouse that uses a lot of production, a lot of computers, probably want to have AC there. I could see it. The funny thing is I would walk so. outside to get like food and it had a, there was a lot of breeze and it was great weather, honestly. I mean, but I don't know. Okay, inside. I can just showcase what I have, right? So I have this in my room, which is on right now. Does it show? So this is like yeah. this is a floor fan. This is what yeah, I have. This is enough for me on when me. it's hot in the summer. That was what was blowing have, on me as I'll I was just screaming have that into the mic. Standing next to me, blowing air at me. That's it. That's what I how I deal with a hot summer. I don't need more than that. And I that's just AC in my room, and it's because I have a computer and a in here, fan. and it's a small room. So. So yeah. Anyway, to sum things up. Uh, I thought I had lost a lot of weight because my balls were literally drenched every best of three, but I actually gained five pounds by leaving America. And I think it's because the Kiev food was so bad 
that I had to eat Snickers that all the time. you just couldn't stop eating it. I just couldn't oh, eat Snickers. Okay. There's so many free... Snickers is my kryptonite. If I see a free Snickers, it's going to be eaten. And it I is have a really problem. good, though. I can I have understand. A problem. Snickers are great. Um, so, yeah, They're that... Really Overall, ESL one summer twenty twenty one was a lot of fun. Aside from the ball sweat, uh, which hope w- hopefully would you... won't happen again. Okay, so I have one final question for you because you obviously watched the majority of the games, right? Like we both watched a lot of the major. Like I said, I didn't watch so much of this one. Um, how would you rate the level of play? So this was primarily lower. EU teams. It was lower on average than the major. Yeah. Okay. Um, did anyone play significantly better than they did at the major? Like VP got second, but did they get second because the opposition was worse? Or do you think I, VP played better as well? I think both T1 and VP were just clearly on a different level. Um, the game so that T1 they would also lose, played better than at the major, you think? I think so, or, yeah. Okay. I think they were very, like, the mistakes that they made were very far and few between. Like, there weren't many. And then VP, okay. if they would lose to, like, I feel like a lot of their losses are just because of troll drafts almost in some cases where they're just trying something. Um, mm. But the EU teams, like, Alliance did get top three, I think, right? And OG yes, top four. They got third. Yep. And OG I was fourth. never, I'm not going to lie, I was never impressed with either team. I think OG just is one mm. of those teams that you just need time because Sumail's, you know, popping in now. Um, I think Nigma did not play well after their great performance at the major. And I think a lot of that had to do with, yeah. and they said this in an interview, that they felt like they got figured out at the major, and then teams just used that against them, kind of. But it's not like they placed terribly. They made it to, what was it, top eight, I think, right? So, yeah. They still yeah, got overall, above Secret, again. level of play was definitely lower. Yeah, Secret was just garbage. I so does don't this, know what's going on with them. Does this influence what you th- what's your prediction for EU TI qualifier, right? Because in the EU TI qualifier, we have Liquid, Secret, Nigma, and Tundra. All four of those teams played this tournament. Yeah. And OG, so, right? So all the big EU five played this. And Viking, actually. All six, even. Do you think yeah. this is a relatively accurate power ranking? Alliance over OG, over Viking, over Nigma, over Tundra and Secret, and Liquid. Or is that? Um, well, I think Liquid is an unknown because, again, they had to change their roster because somebody left. So they just switched all their shit around. So this is like a big asterisk for them. Although, I even based on what we saw at the major, it's not going to look good for them probably to get out of EU. Uh, but yeah, it's basically Alliance, OG, Nigma, right? Or not Alliance, just OG and Nigma, I think, are the two. Right. So there's OG. So out of the teams that played in this tournament, the ones in the qualifier are OG, Viking, Nigma. Tundra and Liquid. So those five, Secret and Alliance, are already through on points. Yeah, so I, I think it's a two-team race for that. <laughs> between spot. OG and Nigma. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And I think it's gonna right. be close. I don't know who I would pick right now. I think like OG has a higher ceiling because they haven't really played as a five as often, right? I mean, they played a bit when mm-hmm. Sumail originally came in, but then now they've been playing with somebody else. So. If I had to pick, I would say OG, but it could go either way. Yep. All right. So that brings us to the end of We Say Things. We have other stuff that we want to talk about, like Valorant, but we'll, you know, I know how much you guys are looking forward to listening to that. So we'll have to wait for next right. week. As uh, uh, So it's almost over, Shannon. What? Now the episode is almost over. I'm going to switch on my light. Great. Great to see it. You can turn on your AC as well. Dude, uh, why does it look so dark in my room? It looks like it's night. It's so bright oh, in here. That's like, the other thing about Sweden. I know that changes throughout the year, but it was like 20 hours of daytime. That freaked me out. Like, we'd get done at 10 p.m., 
and the sun's still on. I'm like, what the fuck? That is so weird. Yeah. When when I, are you used, used to? What are what is your usual like sundown in June in Arizona? Uh, let's say 7 p.m. I don't know. I have to guess. Okay. Yeah, that's early. The latest sunsets we have here is probably around 11 in Denmark. So Sweden wow. should be even later, like 11:30. Yeah, those are like the late ones in June. Yeah, and then the days that you have just full night or full day, that's that's insane, man. I don't know. Like that's why yeah. I heard that the suicide suicide rates in Sweden are relatively high because of the lack of sun in certain portions of the year. Is that right? Maybe just the general. Uh, I don't know how much you can ascribe to that, but yeah, in winters we have, so in summers we have like, in high summer, we have like maybe 18 to 19 hours of sun on the, at the peak. And then in dark winter, we have, what's that? Maybe seven hours of sun. Dark or of winter, light. is that what you said? Yeah, when it's like the darkest in the winter, right? So okay. let's say I think sunrise in the winter when it's like really dark is probably around, I want to say eight or nine. And then sunset is at three in Denmark. So in Sweden, it might be even worse in northern Sweden, especially. So okay. yeah, that was that give or take seven hours of daylight. Yeah. So All right. So yeah, so, extremes. The summer is really nice. The winter is pretty dark and cold. So there's definitely big seasonal like differences here in people's moods as well. It does make a very big difference, like you said. Yeah, and so. I think having AC might help in that regard as well. So I'm just throwing it out there. Yes, make people a little bit it. happier. Here it is. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of episode 109. Thanks, guys. I guess we're going to be back on track again. Should be back to the old Should usual schedule. Yep. So. Once I get rid of this jet lag, it'll be a lot easier. Okay. Have a good night, everybody. GG's. It's 12 o'clock in the noon. All right. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.